0: Are you tapping something? No. You hear tapping? Yes, what's that? That. Because it sounds like tap, 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 That's annoying. I don't hear it now. Don't ever do that. What? Tap, 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 tap?
1: And now it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast Stop it oh, What's in the box <laughs>
0: I got nowhere up to go! I
1: got nowhere to go! I got nothing
0: else. So, I was going to go to a comic book store today, but it was like, uh, probably 20, 25 minutes out of my way. And then it would have took me, and then by the time I came back, that 25 minutes to get where I was... It would have probably taken me 35 minutes to get back to that point, and then an extra 10 minutes on my ride home, which was already going to be an hour. So I'm just like, I'm just going home.
1: <laughs> I was told there would be no math.
0: Yeah, yeah. If 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 Bill travels, it, plus I was trying to plan, I'm trying to gauge my uh, my gas mileage, what it's going to cost me. So I was I set the trip thing on the on the car to to tell me what my miles per gallon. The trip to and home is going to be. It was about 25, 26 miles a gallon. So that ain't bad. And it's like a 30 mile ride. So uh, you're getting ready to go to Comic Con, right? Next week. Soon? Next week? Week from today. Uh, any good guests there you're going to try to see? Any comic book people? Uh,
1: nobody that I'm specifically aware of at this point. Mm. But it's Quite possible. You know, usually what I do is I'll go down to Artist Alley and I'll see who the you know the older creators are. I'm really not interested in the current flavor of the month people.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my LCS has been getting a bunch of people, um, but not nobody. but it but not nobody not anybody I really know. And I've also been reading that uh, House of X, Powers of X, or House of Ten, Power whatever they want to call it. Eh, <laughs> I'm not. I mean, it's 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 a Hickman story. It's gonna take a long time to get everything worked out. So that's really all I got to say about it. It ain't. It's not worth the price I've been paying. But it's been selling out so fast. Eight six seven five three zero nine. Is that who called? I think so. It's Jenny. 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 Call from Jenny. Number on the wall. That <laughs> was a, This that was like a robotic Christopher Walken. When I
1: say Jenny, I'm thinking of uh, Arnold. From uh, Jenny. Is that for, is that from Commando?
0: Yeah, Jenny. Uh, Alyssa Milano is Jenny. Jenny, yeah. Jenny, don't you lose my number? I don't think we did that joke in that. I should re 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 watch that. I'm trying to get on a local radio thing with my buddy. He does a, well, not radio radio. It's recorded at the radio station. He does a podcast called I Got One For You, and it's a lot about different stories and stuff. And I was like, if you ever run out of some story ideas, I can always come on there if you want. He's like, yeah, sure. So we've been going back and forth trying to figure out you know, he's like, well, you could call in, but we did recording in the middle of the day. I'm like, "Uh, yeah, that ain't going to work. I got a job. <laughs> so, yeah. so, I don't know. We'll figure something out. But the VA thing's looking good. I, I just got to buy some pants because uh, I can't wear they, they don't want you to go pants free? <laughs> nope, nope, nope. I can't Porky Pig it. I can't just walk around with a big, long shirt.
1: That is a shame.
0: <laughs> what are you doing? I'm Porky Pigging it. <laughs> It would, it's it's good for Donald Duck and Porky Pig. Why can't I do it?
1: It's good enough for them. It's good enough for me.
0: Donald was a sailor. I was in the Navy. Wait, that doesn't sound too good.
1: No, it, so, it really doesn't.
0: And I, and I don't have to wear steel-toed shoes anymore, which is nice, because I've been wearing those for poof, decades.
1: Well, I would imagine not wearing them will make it feel like you have nothing on your feet at all.
0: Like I'll be like floating... I'll, I'll be, like, uh, I'll be like the dog when he sniffs the treat. Snuffles. Snuffles, that'll be me. Snuffles floating down the hall. So, uh, I guess you... Uh, uh, uh. Oh, that's right. All right,
1: Snuffles, I'll give you a biscuit. All right, so you want to bring this bad boy in?
0: Uh yeah, I've got I've got a belch sitting here. I'm trying to work it out. Come on.
1: TMI, TMI.
0: Why I've been catching the T V show on one of the local channels and it's got Lou Costello is like a guy that he's has a house or runs a house? I don't know. Okay. He's not playing the regular Lou Abbott. I mean, Lou, Co- Lou Costello character. It's like he's the head of this household. I can't I can't remember the name of the show. But it's not the Abbott and Costello show. Although I flipped through the other it's day. It's a TV and it was, series? Yeah, it's a TV series. It's got something like the name Henry in it or Harry. You know, I guess I could just... Look it up real quick. There was a... Uh... And Bud Abbott was on one of the episodes. Then I saw a comedy routine the other day about... What is it? It was like 7 and 21. It was about oh, paying yeah, the yeah. rent. They,
1: they, they do the, uh, he does an adding, subtracting, <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: multiplying, and dividing. Yeah, I was like, What? Alright, whoops, that was the wrong thing to open Let open. I thought I opened Google
1: Well, it could have been on uh, It could have been on part of the Colgate Comedy Hour Because that's really the only other thing uh, No,
0: because it, it actually had Wow, I just tried to Google, Google Ugh Maybe this uh, Henry Henry, Lou Costello, Henry TV show What is it? Okay Costello da, da da dance with me henry
1: that was a, that wasn't a tv show that was a
0: movie oh what do i just keep coming into it at the Probably. right time oh right did you i i've i've never seen that before i've never seen that movie well, huh. no you have <laughs> well i keep seeing bits and pieces of it maybe that's why i thought it was a tv show dance with me henry yeah, what do you know? Go figure. Because I, like, I never remember, because I used to watch it on, like, my local channel, and they, I've, you know, I've seen, uh, i just never seen that one. They always had, uh, meet the Mummy, you know, uh, They Go to Mars,
1: and they have a lot of movies. I have a lot of yeah. them on
0: DVD at home. Mm. Buck Pirates. Buck Privates. What uh,
1: Buck Privates. Uh, Buck Privates Come Home. The sequel. But this is not an Abbott and Costello.
0: No, I'm podcast. trying to. i got one more belch. This can, is
1: Back to the Bins with the belching. And Back to the I'm belching? And Paul Spitaro, and that's belching Bill Robinson.
0: I'm not belching. I'm trying not to belch because extras are coming out. Extra, extra.
1: Just keep coming out of that, that end. That's all you...
0: Oh. Well, I had some shrusted... Uh, shrusted? Slasher? Shrubtsha shru- Slasher. You know, I said that for no apparent reason the other day in the car. I'm just driving, and, and I go, name? Shrubtsha Slasher. Eh? Occupation... Shropshire uh, slasher. Occupation, my good man. Shropshire slasher. And and then I think of Daffy Duck yelling at the old lady for selling flowers and then the and then the slasher goes Mother Yikes. <laughs> yes, yeah, such so, a good boy.
1: As I was saying, I'm Paul Spataro, and that's belching Bill Robinson. And Uh-oh. we are here to talk comics.
0: Comics, comics, we got the comic. I brought a book, get off my butt.
1: <laughs> I'm not on your butt.
0: I don't Some want to really be are. anywhere near your butt. I don't ever want to be near my butt.
1: Everywhere you go it follows you.
0: That's right. I can't get away from it. It's always chasing me.
1: So why don't we just dive right into it today?
0: Yeah, I don't think we've got any good new comic news. Me you you're going to Comic Con. Comic Con? Comic Con?
1: Yeah, I, I'm just going on the Thursday, and uh, we'll see how it works out. I'm not sure what to, I'm not sure quite what to expect of it this year, but uh, I've, I've, I've been, uh, I oh, actually, I do have some comic news. I, I've done the reorg again, and I've finally given in to your and Scott's suggestion, and I've gone alphabetical. Now it is with well, the twist that. I have, Mar- I have Marvel alphabetical, then I have DC alphabetical, and then I have Indies alphabetical. See, you, I didn't you, mix them together.
0: You do what I, I I don't mix mine together. I I I have Marvel, DC, and Indy. I have it three separate three separate. Although I've been thinking of combining Star Wars, Marvel, and non-Marvel, just because it's so large, like making making just a Star Wars box. But I'm still teetering. I don't know if I want to, because Star Wars would be Marvel and independent. Well, and
1: independent. In, in that regards, like I have some Star Trek books that are Marvel, and I have some Star Trek books that are not Marvel, but mm. I separated them accordingly.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm. i That's pretty much. But see, I go one step further. I go a little bit crazier, because, and that's what Bug Scott is. That I go by. I will group things by Avengers, and then I'll have just an Avengers box, but then I alphabetize by the Avengers series and keep, you know, like anything Avengers related will go in those boxes.
1: Yeah, I thought about doing that, but I didn't.
0: Well, because I then... I have
1: Avengers separate from West Coast Avengers. Hmm. I have, uh, I'm trying to think of what other Avengers series, I don't really have any other Avengers series, well, see, I don't the, think. You, well, you know, which, be... which one was, was the big... Big one for me was, Spider-Man? there's one there's one section, no, no, I mean the big one as far as difficult to do, and, you know, and get, acclimate myself to the idea. There's one section in the G's where I have all the books, giant size this, giant size
0: that, all mm. together. Mm. See, I would put them with their core book. Originally,
1: that's always what I had, but I decided to put all the giant size together because they were all, they all were distributed around the same time, so I thought they do go together well. Hmm. So, that, that was one area where it, So, the I, giant I went size, against... do you do them alphabetical or by yeah. date? No, oh, okay. alphabetical. Okay. So, like, giant size man thing would be ahead of giant size Spider Man.
0: Well, my giant. Never mind. It's so, going to make a man thing. And too. that
1: one, what I'm doing is I have the purge boxes, and I'm actually going through those. I've, I've already left, I think, four of them at Dario's house. So, those. Four boxes are just going to be what they are, uh, but the uh, the remaining boxes, which is still quite a few comics, I'm actually alphabetizing and listing them to make it easier to post for me. Instead of just throwing boxes full of comics at them and say, "Yeah, lift
0: it, list this." Mm. Yeah, you had sent me a message about something I was looking for with Omega Men, but. Uh, I only need the one that's, of course, it's one I had a long time ago. And if it comes my way, great. If it's not, I'm not paying an arm and a leg for it. And that's the first appearance of Lobo because I could really give a rat's ass about the first appearance of Lobo. But plenty of people do. And it went up in price because of the, they were supposedly going to do a Lobo series. But I don't know if they're still going to do it since they canceled the Krypton series that he was on. So who knows, whatever.
1: Well, that uh, what-if issue. Uh, oh what yeah. If, what yeah. if uh, Jane Foster found the hammer of Thor?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Dario listed that for me, and based upon other books that were up there, he listed it at two hundred dollars.
0: Hmm.
1: We, we had an offer of one fifty, hmm. and we, we offered to split it and do one seventy five. I haven't heard back yet.
0: Oh wow. So I uh, went to a comic book store and saw. I don't know if I told... I might have mentioned this in a previous show that we lost to the ether that we have to record again. Um, I've got one of those multi-pack Marvel um, figures that you put together from buying the separate pieces. I don't think... I don't know if you said this on a show, but I remember you telling me this story. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's... Uh, I, I was able to pick up the Galactus one and um, a... Um, the Sentinel, like it's from back in the, I don't know, something like the 2000s or maybe the 90s. I'm I'm not sure when, but I walked by this thing in this store, and I did a double take. I'm like, $200? And I go up to the guy. I was like, you guys are selling that Sentinel for $200? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what would the same Galactus about the same t- time frame go? He's like, well, depending on how tight, you know, the pieces are, if it's... You know, it could we could sell it for like 150. I have both of those things that I basically got for nothing from somebody. I don't know. I don't remember if I bought it for like 20 bucks each or 10 bucks each, just because I thought they were cool or because I got them when I helped my LCS move move the bookstore. Or but, one of the numerous times I did it. But yeah, I, do you have the
1: I, ability to list that on eBay?
0: No. See, that's the other thing. I would have to. Um, well, he, I asked him. I said, what would you give me if I bring the Sentinel in and it's in good condition? He's like, probably a hundred, and I'm like, might mm, just bring it in and just get a quick hundred dollars.
1: Yeah, that might be worth worth your while.
0: I was thinking of gifting the Galactus to somebody, but I won't say because I don't want to spoil it here on the show. So
1: that's a pretty uh, impressive gift, then.
0: Well, no, I thought about that even before, the, you know, I knew about the price, but it doesn't matter to me, you know. Although I would sure as hell insure it for more if I ship it. <laughs> now that I know that. Alright, well, I guess uh, enough comic bitter chitter-chatter? Pitter-patter?
1: Pitter-patter of little
0: comics. Yeah. The flippity-flip of little pages.
1: So, this time out, I brought Star-Lord number one from... Who?
0: Star-Lord? What? <laughs> Star-Lord, man. You know how long, ever since you told me that 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 was the book, I'm like, oh my god, I can't wait! Because I purposely didn't do it in our text just so I could save it for now, and it took me a minute to get it. <laughs> That's why I didn't do it. I didn't want to spoil the joke. So this is from
1: December of 1996, and it is by Timothy Zahn of the uh, what you call trilogy, uh, Thrawn, the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, fame,
0: and, and then other follow-ups and other um, Star Wars books. But that is where he kind of made his name. Yeah, because you and I had a little banter pre-show texting, where I said this is the second, the second time. Although for the audience, it will be the first time because we lost the recording of the first time we discussed. Damn you, Skype. Oh, Skype did it to us again, folks. We lost a whole two-hour show on a new topic, and it was Scott, Paul, and I, and two hours lost the Ether. And we
1: will re-record that coverage, but it's never as good the second
0: time around. No, well, that's why we need to wait a little bit, because then maybe things will just organically, freshly come back into our heads. So, but yeah, it won't be the same, exact same show. But anyway, the, one of the authors of the book we're covering over there, which we don't want to spoil it, so we're not going to say what it is, but it was another Star Wars author. So now you can you can all quickly begin this, to guess what we will be covering next, unless we've already mentioned it somewhere.
1: I don't think we have.
0: Yeah, I, I think it's still Hush Hush. It's kind of Hush, hush. all over hush. the world. Thought I heard calling my name now Hush. hush. Anyway, Star-Lord. Star Lord Who? (laughs) Star Lord, man Is that a giant blue penis in the background? I'm thinking no But it is kind of phallic looking No There
1: are, but there's also some smaller penises To the other side of him Penai? He's in a penal colony (laughs) One's got his name
0: on it It's Dan Lawless
1: yeah, Dan Lullis is the artist of this, and I have to confess, uh, I'm really not familiar with him. But this is a painted book. Uh,
0: did he do interior too?
1: Yes, it's not Alex no. Ross painted. It's no. more of a, a almost it looks like like almost like a watercolor painted, um, much more it's kind of more of a pastel
0: look to it, right? Wouldn't you say? It's got like the. It looks a lot like uh, the black and white pencil books of like an earlier era, but with colors in them. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I, I think I think I get what you're saying.
0: You know, like like the like the rights and man, or was it? Did he do man thing? Who, who was it that did the man thing stuff that we read with Ted Salas and all that uh, a, a while back?
1: I don't remember if it was rights or not. It may have yeah. been, but I, I can't. It's my
0: memory. Maybe a little. It looks a little Howard Chaykin-ish, too. Not to me. No, it does not. Well, look not
1: like as shaking. not as raw,
0: but like in some of the like Star Lord's looks or his, like his facial features a little bit.
1: Well, in this on the cover, it has Star Lord and he's front and center, kind of turned so, slightly to his right, uh, shooting a futuristic weapon, and then you know he's on a. Uh, I was going to say it's it's kind of like a, an alien landscape, but it's really not that alien. It's more just like foresty. But then there's a spaceship behind him in the, uh, you know, up in the air behind him.
0: Uh, With the, the big giant blue stalagmites in the background. Yes. And, and I believe, I, if I remember correctly, I have to thank Gene Hendricks for finally sticking making me remember what the difference between a stalagmite and a stalagmite is. Because a stalagmite sticks out of the ground, the stalagmite hangs and has to hang on tight so it doesn't fall. There's a stalagmite
1: and a stalagmite will. Those
0: are
1: are what are called dad jokes. Yeah. At least in my house they are.
0: Oh, don't worry. I do them too.
1: Uh... So this story is written by Timothy Zahn, art by Dan Lawless, lettered by Bill Oakley, associate editor Glenn Greenberg. Uh, I've heard Glenn Greenberg on with, uh, with Zaki Hassan doing, uh, hmm. I think, I'm trying to think if he does Star Trek, I think he does Star Trek uh, commentaries with him. Uh, he's, he's a pretty entertaining fella. Uh, Tom Brevoort is the editor. And Bob Harris is the editor-in-chief. So the story opens, and it's apparently in a hospital where uh, a woman has just given birth. She's there with her husband, and they look at the baby, and they see his eyes are kind of glowy, and then they become very concerned because in the place where they live, uh, if you have glowy eyes, it means you have a certain amount of uh, telekinetic ability, which means that you have to go and be trained by the probiti. Hmm. And she's very upset about it, but he convinces her that they have to do it and they have to just love this child and teach him the right way to do things up until he has to go. So then there's a little montage scene where they show them with the young boy and then where they walk him to the probiti training institute. Now, when he goes there, they convince him that, you know, this has to be and that, uh, you know, that they have to, you know, he'll have to make the best of it. Uh, But ultimately, it turns out that his abilities are not as strong as the other people there. His gift isn't, you know, is weaker. uh, So he ends up becoming kind of shunned by his classmates and the teachers Mm -hmm. uh so he lives a kind of a friendless existence there and then as a man he ends up getting assigned by them to a planet where uh the previous proviti person had just recently died uh and it's kind of on the edges of things so they figure it's not important and they send him over there he arrives he checks in he gets pointed out to him that there's uh You know, most of the people are poor, except for there's one powerful man, Harith Damish, uh, or Dam Damish, uh, who has this huge private estate, and he's uh, pretty much in charge of everything, uh, except for the probity, and he kind of controls them too. So anyway, uh, this particular uh, person, who I didn't give his name, it's Quarrel, it's Sinjin Quarrel and I always get a kick out of the name Sinjin because
0: Isn't that another name for Smith?
1: In 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 like Britain Sinjin is, it's spelt St. John and they pronounce oh. it Sinjin, here it's actually S-I-N-J-I-N but like in Mad Men there's a character named Sinjin and it's spelt S-T period J-O-H-N and I just always get a kick when they call him that, anyway so he, he kinda finds himself sleepwalking and he's drawn to this spaceship which is you know, which is kind of wrecked and it's clearly been there for at least months. He uh, lets himself onto the ship where he meets this woman, this silver haired woman who as it turns out is kind of the holographic embodiment of the ship itself, which is sentient, and she's looking for Peter Quarrel. Peter, and not Peter Quarrel, Peter, uh...
0: Sinjin Oh, that no. Was Star-Lord. I mean, uh,
1: uh, Peter, Uh... That
0: was uh, uh who? <laughs> Quill.
1: Quill. Peter Quill, yeah. She's looking for Peter Quill, that Star-Lord, because he apparently had been the, uh, master of that ship, and he is missing. And so sinjin looks into this a little bit and finds out that he's been missing for at least 12 years so what he starts to do is he starts to spend his time doing his job during the day but then in his free hours going to the ship helping to rehabilitate it doing investigation trying to figure out what was going on uh in the meanwhile the uh the the rich guy the rich dude uh kind of sees that this is going on and wants to find out what's happening. They're they, he, uh, they're being tracked by a disc from the ship and they shoot it out of the air and they take control of it. Uh, by the way, uh, he calls the living embodiment of the ship Aurora, short for Aurora, which is the name he gave her. Hmm. So... The, uh, the bad dude and his main henchmen try to board the ship, and Sinjin is kind of at a loss of what else to do, so he puts on Peter Quill's Star-Lord outfit and confronts them, ultimately having to shoot Quill's weapon, which is uh, a- an elemental weapon that apparently can shoot fire, air, water, or earth. Uh so they, they, uh, they left, they're left licking their wounds and they take off, but he knows that this isn't going to be permanent. The problem is she still needs her data disk that they had shot out of the air because uh, otherwise if they are able to get, it, to get it and kind of reverse engineer it, they're going to become even more powerful than they were. They send over a couple of ships, and at this point Aurora is well enough to take to the air. They uh, defeat those two ships, Uh, And then they start heading into the the stronghold where that disc is being held, because as she says, if Damish can unlock those secrets, there'll be no stopping him to be continued. Now, I don't think I did this book justice, to be honest with you, with my uh, synopsis here, because I actually found this quite entertaining to read. And I don't think my synopsis was nearly as entertaining as the reading was. Uh, I, I really like this, and I think there's two more issues to this miniseries, so I definitely want to read them. And that's one of the keys to me to a successful book, especially a successful book that is playing with a character uh, who I've never met before, even if he is taking on the mantle of a character that I'm somewhat familiar with, although I'm only vaguely familiar. Actually, I think everybody was only vaguely familiar with Star-Lord at this point because I don't think he had uh, all that many appearances. I think the original Peter Quill (laughs) Star-Lord at this point had only appeared like maybe three or four times at this juncture. Mm -hmm. but I did find this to be interesting, and I want to continue reading it and see what goes on with it. It, like I said, I think it lasted three issues. uh, Yeah, three issues in 1997, and then as far as I know, there was not a Star-Lord comic, although he did appear in, obviously, in Guardians and in... uh,
0: Well, I think uh, he appeared in Annihilation. Annihilation. Yeah, he
1: appeared in those books. But there was not a dedicated Star-Lord comic, as far as I know, until 2014. So there was quite a a gap in between series. But, uh, you know, I, I definitely enjoyed the story. The artwork, I'm a little hot and cold on it. I like it, but it's a little muddy at points for me, and... It's not really totally my cup of tea, but it seems I think it's pretty well done. And there's a couple of images that I think look very good. but overall, like I said, it's not totally my cup of tea as far as the artwork goes. What'd you think?
0: Yeah, it's uh, been just perusing, looking at the art. They're pretty pictures. Uh, I, I'm just noticing, like, on the ship, the ship is very stark, but the, sh- the ship is drawn really white and plain, a lot of weird um, angled surfaces. I mean, a couple archways, but it's got all this intricate design, and then, uh, so it doesn't, I don't think the artist art can really do that much justice, because there's not a lot to work with. But then some of the ones where it's on planets, and, like, palaces, and um, flora and fauna, I, I think it kind of picks up a little. It looks a little more meaty, I guess, would be a good, you know. Mm-hmm. It's got a little extra something to it. A little something-something. A little something-something, yeah. The, it, the space fly, uh, I mean, the, the flying is pretty cool looking, too.
1: Yeah, and I thought the story was fairly intriguing to see where it's going to go. I mean, I don't think it's necessarily going to be anything groundbreaking. But it's going to be interesting to see how they wrap this up, and then, uh, you know, they, they make reference to the fact that Peter Quill is missing, but they never actually say he's dead or anything, so it's easy enough to go back to him again right. at some point. But it, I'm curious to see how that went.
0: I'm doing a quick search of what else Timothy's on has done. I'm looking on Mike's In the comic form. world, you mean? Yeah. Because we did this with the other author. Uh, okay. In the episode, I, I, you
1: shall never hear.
0: Did I misspell his name?
1: Z-A-H-N.
0: T-I-M-O-T-H-Y? That's Timothy. Timothy, Z-A-H-N. Son, Search. Search for creator. Nothing comes up. What are you looking at? Mike's amazing world. Oh, well, hold on. Hold on. I didn't do it by first and last. I did it all. Okay. Timothy... Alright. Zahn. Now let's try it. Search. Zahn! One match. Creator Timothy Zahn. This is it. This is his only comic venture? These three issues of Star-Lord. Interesting. Is all that comes up in Mike's, and Mike's pretty detailed. Yeah, Mike generally
1: uh, is pretty reliable.
0: Yeah, our, our other author came up in a lot, and... Uh, but we'll cover that later, but but yeah, Mr. Zahn has done a lot of different books, sci-fi books, and mainly, star, I mean, I've known him for Star Wars, mostly. So, well, hmm, I think wow. that's what most people know him for. This was in 96, this would have been... Uh, the Zahn Trilogy came out when I was in the Navy, so that was in the early 90s, early to mid-90s, so he would have already been... So he had already made uh, a name for himself. Yeah, he already had a name with the, with the Star Wars books, so... Huh? Maybe he just... Maybe this... I don't know. Maybe this just didn't... Uh, you know? Maybe... Maybe that's why it's... Um... This it does seem a bit dense, doesn't it? Like a throwback to a 70s or 80s, like a early 80s, late 70s book. There's definitely. I would. I would put it in the
1: like. I would think it's more like an 80s book to me than a 70s because although you know as far as the amount of things that happen yeah i could compare that to the 70s but there is more of a detail oriented attitude to it that i think would be more reminiscent of what i've seen in the 80s
0: well i was just going on the amount of text i mean the styling of the pages is more like the 80s but the volume of the text and the and the 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 pros with the explanations it r- r- gives me like a celestial madonna type quality although there's you know the the panel is the panels are bigger and there's a little bit more action so so yeah yeah i yeah i guess the 80s yeah 80s i'm not complaining about it i'm just just making an observation
1: yeah i didn't think you were complaining to yeah. be honest with you i just i was just giving you my well, thoughts was, as well.
0: Well, that was more to, to, to the listeners. Guess you're thinking, oh... I, 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 Bill's
1: yeah. complaining again. Well, Bill
0: complains about He's everything. He's never happy. Can't, can't. And you know, he never brings a book. Ah. <laughs> well, <laughs> guess what? I brought a book, so bite me. <laughs> well, based, based on, on this book, book part, would
1: you have any desire to read issue number two?
0: Well, yeah, because I'm confused. Is this is this really Quill? But... it. But no, I don't, I don't think it's seeing, really Quill. Well, I mean, right, right. The story that we're seeing would say no, that it's somebody else. Um, but it's funny that his name is kind of awful close or kind of. Sinjin. Quill. Quill well, not Sinjin. Hmm. Hmm. I'm kind of I'm hoping intrigued. this
1: ends, and I don't want to jump ahead on it, but I'm hoping it ends with possibly him finding Will and releasing him from whatever peril stasis he's in. or
0: something, or space stasis? Well, I guess, you know, stasis would be a space thing.
1: But, you know, for books of, of this ilk, what I would anticipate is it's more likely that it ends with him taking on the mantle of Star-Lord and, you know, uh, you know more adventures to follow, which never do.
0: I'm trying to remember who was the... Um who was a Star-Lord in Annihilation? I don't remember. Was this guy or was actually No, I'm Peter pretty K- sure it's
1: Peter Quill. Mm. If my memory is correct, it's Peter Quill. Ah. In fact, I think through most of it, they call him Peter Quill. <laughs> well, fine. If my memory is accurate. It's been a long time since I read Annihilation, but...
0: Uh, I just read something. There's another Annihilation book coming out soon with Marvel, like another... Uh, annihilation the scourge the purge yeah, but who's writing it Dude, i i i you know what i didn't i don't remember that
1: that's probably the issue
0: and there's some other preview that i read that i picked up at the lcs the free marvel pr- preview i swear to god they showed the first like two pages of the book i don't know if they're just being snarky or if they think they're being clever or maybe i'm just reading too much into it But it was almost like the first, you could see the homage or the hint of like the first two pages to Watchmen. Because there's a guy with a certain type of mask that's made from like a piece of eternity. And he can take on the powers of other beings. Um, So, but he looks like Rorschach is what I'm getting at. And he's investigating a murder. You you follow my drift? Mm Mm-hmm. So I, I was kind of like, really? Eh. Like, well, that's that's dollars I'm not going to spend. Well,
1: so. I'm, I took a quick look at the Wikipedia entry for Star-Lord. Who? <laughs> and there's one heading there where it's other characters named Star-Lord. And it says, a three-issue limited series, Star-Lord, features a man named Sinjin Quarrel, who adopts the identity 12 years after the disappearance of the original Star-Lord, Peter Jason Quill. The series was published from December 1996 to February 1997. It is written by Timothy Zahn, with art by Dan Lawless. Whether the events depicted in this miniseries fit into Peter Quill's chronology has never been revealed. Hmm. So So that that eliminates any thought of him (laughs) releasing Peter Quill from whatever peril he's in. Yeah, I guess it's totally standalone. Hmm. Okay. All right. But, uh, again, I did enjoy this, so I think I'd like to read the other two issues. I don't think they're going to have any bearing on the history, you know, or the continuity of the other Marvel characters. But, you know, know, a three-issue series could be fun to
0: read. You know, sometimes you just want to blow a couple minutes reading something and that you don't have to really work into the full narrative, which... Now, hold on. I'm going to drag this soapbox over here.
1: Scrape. Getting on scrape, it? Scrape.
0: scrape. Oh. <sighs> Whatever happened to a cohesive universe? It died right. a
1: long time ago.
0: I'll get off now. Scrape, scrape, scrape. Because that's the, that's the whole problem I'm having with this House of X, Powers of X thing. Okay. I know I just said sometimes it's nice to read something that's off and separate and different. But my god, every flipping book line just doesn't relate to anything anymore in the Marvel universe. I mean, it, you got the Avengers doing one thing and, and, and now Iron Man's doing another thing. They they've 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 morphed uh, they've made Henry Pym a bad guy again, kind of like him and Ultron have like they've they've bonded at a molecular level so now they're like called Ultron Pym or Pymtron. Or Pit My Ultron, or whatever you want to call it, and and Ultron was trying to molecularly bond Jocasta and Janet Van Dyne, but Tony saved them. But now he's been molecularly bonded to his armor. Okay, so there's all this stuff going on with in the Iron Man world that kind of connects a little to the Avengers, but then. I just started to read the House of X and Powers of X. I don't know what the F is going on over there. There's three separate timelines there's the present, there's a hundred years in the future, there's a thousand years in the future. All the stuff has happened to the earth, and I'm like, okay, so where, what? Is this like a different timeline? And then, and then, whenever they got to do an event like they had one of War of the Realms, then they they. They jam everything to where suddenly it all has to mesh and there's crossovers. I don't care anymore. I give up.
1: Yeah, well, I gave up a little while ago, and I... Uh, I mean, I'm trying, man. I'm y- you trying. are. I'm no longer trying. I've given up a while ago, and I don't make any effort to read any old, any new stuff anymore. I'm I'm, I'm totally into the old.
0: But, it, but it's like they're relaunching and pushing the X-Men, and the X-Men are just doing their own thing now, and it seems like... From what I could tell, it's totally different. I don't even know if it's the same universe. I mean, I don't know. And then uh, I, and I don't give a darn, you know. And I've, I've been getting all of them, just, just to try it out. And I've been giving it a chance. <sighs> now, once I'm done with the, once I'm done with the six issues of House and Power, I'm, I'm not going to continue. I'm gonna go back to my, you know what? If I find it in a dollar bin, I'll buy it. And and I'm tempted to do that with uh, a couple other books I've been getting. I'll probably still keep getting my Avengers books because they've been doing good. Maybe my Iron Man, Fantastic Four is on the bubble. So, however, I have been getting the the Secret History or the History of the Marvel Universe by Mark Wade. It's it, it's a good uh, sitting on the toilet reading book, because it's the history of the Marvel Universe, and then after you read that, there's the annotated section in the back of the book. So, if you sit there and read the whole thing, I guarantee your legs will go numb before you're halfway through it. Because you're going to be sitting there for so long reading it. Good to know. Alright, I'm off my soapbox.
1: Alright, so let's, let's rate this. Uh, the... <laughs> I didn't say anything to you.
0: <clears throat> See? See? Skynet. That's why I don't have those things in my house. You and Scott are doomed. You don't have an iPhone? It doesn't talk back to me. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't use Siri. I don't use it either. Well, then why does she... Well, you must have something She's turned lonely. on. What can I tell you? Yeah. I'm, I'm hot. hot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The Ooh, Paul, you're so hot, baby. Oh, baby. Yeah. Siri, what is my name? You're Paul. But since we're friends, I get to call you handsome. Oh, my God. (laughs) You two guys, you two guys, you are the problem. I do not have smart devices in my house. And don't you dare try to insert some joke there. (laughs) Jen seemed pretty smart. I have, hum- I have smart human beings in my house. I don't... Uh, uh, Siri, can you tell me if I need food? <laughs> breathe, stupid. Breathe. <laughs> Let's see.
1: <laughs> Siri, can you tell me if I need food? Here's what I found. <laughs> just give me restaurants. Cool. Anyway, so the cover... I kind of like it, but I don't know. There's something about it. I think it's just... The the coloring, I think it's too pastel for me. He looks a little uh, too beefy. I, he he is, but I think that's his character model. I think when he's inside, he's, he's he looks
0: kind of beefy oh, maybe too. maybe the suit makes him a little beefier. I think it's to distinguish him from. Oh the, yeah the yeah crow. yeah, he is kind of beefy on the inside too. Yeah 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 yeah, you're right. It could just be the angle he's got. He's, he's he's at a weird angle, turned and shooting. He he's in the uh, you know what he's in? He's in the Han Solo uh stance for shooting. Yeah, kinda. A blaster but not so, as high up if he, he was shooting
1: i think it's a good cover it's not an outstanding cover though so i'm going to say a b minus the interior art again i like it but it's just a little a little muddy to my tastes so i'm going to say i'm going to also say a b minus on the interior art uh the story i found it intriguing it was a Quick read, but a meaty one at the same time. So I'm going to say an A minus on the story, and overall, I'll give the book a B Hmm. plus.
0: I'll give the cover a B for giant blue penises in the background. I do like the I do like the blaster pose. what coloring is used on this? Or I guess Dan did the coloring. He painted well, it. Oh, he like you're painted, saying. yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, that's right. All right, that would make sense. You know, it's got that weird um, computer-generated look to the cover um, title. You see it? It's got that computer-generated look. Mm-hmm that was pre- prevalent back then plus the symbol and the whole everywhere it says star lord and then that symbol in the the box that kind of that kind of bugs me and then like the opening page with all the credits on it it's got that computer generated like that was big back then i remember that was you know it just looks kind of phony it looks like somebody did it like in their house you know just 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 that first page with 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 the credits on it mm-hmm. um the art inside, uh, I got no problems with the art. I mean, it's, like I said, it looks a little sparse in some areas, but maybe that's the way they're trying to convey the inside of the ship. Um, I'll give the art a B plus, And the story, yeah, well, I mean, now that we kind of know he's not going to find Quill, or maybe we'll get some indication of what happened to Quill, maybe. Um I'll give the story a B-plus as well. So it's a, a B-book B for me. All right,
1: so that'll do it for Star-Lord.
0: That'll do it for Star-Lord. And now we go to... But wait, don't leave, everyone. I have a book. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, believe it or not, yeah. I, I found it quickly because I, have, I told Paul I'm turning over a new leaf... Uh, trying to start a new or start an, an old, or anyway, just bring a book. Turning over the no leaf. Yeah. is that a doorbell? Or was that on TV? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I think it was on TV. Uh, I uh, mine is a, I have an indie. Ooh, an indie, something we don't get a lot of around here. From IDW, Frankenstein Alive, comma. <sighs> Thank you. I knew you'd do that. Alive. It's Frankenstein. Frankenstein alive. Alive. It's <laughs> alive. It's alive. Uh, the, our cover has uh, a, oh Oh, and it the art is by Bernie Wrightson, uh, which apparently was one of the... Um, I guess one of the last things he did, uh, doing a little behind-the-scenes reading... He didn't finish the entire series, uh, and he actually had another gentleman take over with his blessing to finish the series. Um, he had, uh, it says the final chapter was by Kelly Jones at Wrightson's request, who stepped in to complete the series upon the comic book Legend's Untimely Passing. So this book came out in 2012, uh, about May. May of 2012. Again, IDW. So, I don't have a pre... I didn't write a synopsis. I didn't do a synopsis. But the book is pretty easy to follow. We open on a carnival. If I had to guess a time frame by looking at this, although it's kind of hard because they kind of show it like in the country, I would guess this could be anywhere from the... What do you say? 30s to 60s? 1930s to 1960s because it's hard to pin it down by what little we see.
1: Yeah,
0: it is difficult because it's like a traveling carnival. I mean, it's literally like you see like one a couple trucks, but those trucks look like they could be 30s or it's too hard to tell. There's no way to actually pinpoint it down by the little bit of information we're given in this first issue, at least that I I was able to find because it opens on a sideshow at a at a carnival. And the narrator is is you're going on, you know, saying, "I'm not what they expected to see. Legends have distorted their image of what I am." And he goes on, and you know, the carney's barking, "Oh, come and see the great, da-da-da-da. ladies and gentlemen, behold the Frankenstein monster!" And so you're starting to figure out, okay, this narrative is this really coming from the Frankenstein monster? He's just standing there, and the crowd's like, whoa, well, what is this? She's not doing anything." I pay, I want money back. And some guy throws a tomato at Frankenstein. Oh, excuse me, the monster. And he wakes up and Rah! Screams at them, and then they all run out. And he's just he kind of like shrugs, wipes the tomato off his forehead, and says, "It's a life." And then later <laughs> you see, <laughs> later you see him with the rest of the carnies. He's getting his money. And he's sitting down and basically having dinner with the rest of the freaks in the freak the, show. The guy calls him Frank,
1: so I guess they go by the name Frankenstein for him.
0: Yeah the, yeah, the one guy's like, good crowd tonight, Frank. Heard you cleared the tent in record time. And he goes, mmm, crowd good. And the guy says, funny. <laughs> but... <laughs> So then, then he sits down uh, and eats eats his dinner with the rest of the freaks while the fat lady is uh, telling a story about how uh, the time she uh, about the first time that she sat on her husband. And he's yeah, he says, Frank Frankenstein it's just a stage name like Tad the Frog Boy or Shelly the Turtle Girl In reality, I do not have a name, my creator name never gave me one. So So then he we go with the flashbacks to where um <clears throat> He's um, actually confronting the the ghost of his creator in the in the Arctic, and basically buries himself in the cold because he wants to die. And then he remembers the um, you know when when he first rose, his early life, running from crowds, and then again he's frozen back in the ice, thinking like his last thoughts are, oh maybe I. I could have burned myself to death or destroyed myself if I would taken the wood from from the captain ship. And if you've read the Frankenstein novel, you know what's going on a little bit. So this is directly connecting things to the Frankenstein novel. Um, and then it then it says his icy tomb melts. He wakes up. There's basically some type of volcano in the distance, and he decides. And he's being gibber jabbered and tor- tormented by a ghost of his creator. And he decides he's going to climb the mountain and throw himself in it, have a Viking funeral, and then he's basically buried by a sea of, uh, like, molten mud. And we kind of, you know, it's like, basically, he's encased in it, and it says to be continued. And then there's a couple interviews, I didn't read through these fully yet, that talk about Bernie Wrightson and how how he came in contact with, With the Frankenstein monster and how he would be linked to it, which, when I have time, I didn't have as much time tonight to read through this as I wanted. Uh, I don't think you did either, Paul. No. So, there's a lot of extra material in this book to go over, which I'm going to do at a later time. So, basically, that's where it ends, where he's encased now in, like, some type of volcanic-type mud. So, obviously, he's going to get out. I think this is only a four-issue series, and we'll figure out how he gets to somewhat of a modern day and is traveling as a as a carny so that wasn't too bad of a synopsis i no, think it's fine you know i mean i could you know there's no sense in going page by page but so we've got Bert, bernie right here this is gorgeous yeah that's why when i stumbled across it i was like oh wow this is awesome and he even differentiates i think he differentiates there's like three different time periods there's the (coughs) Carney, there's the modern day looks a certain way then when he's in the mountains it kind of looks the same at first then when he goes into the flashback it's got more of a a softer like older black and white comic most of this it's not fully in black and white there's, the only place there's usually color is in backgrounds, like in the sky. So all your main characters are in black and white. It's just like sky and maybe some shots of, of uh, ground might be a, a close to a real life color. But everything is like different shades of, of gray or brown based on like when they're by the volcano, everything has like a brownish, ashish color look to it. When they're when they're in the colder areas, it's like a starker, like the sky is blue and everything is very white and very sharp and crisp looking. It's it's really interesting art choices, I, I think.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. It's really, but it's just so nice to look at.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: The detail work is tremendous. Uh, like you said, there's just the touches of color just to give it a little... Mood lighting, almost. but That's yeah. about it. Uh, I don't think I don't think I have access to any other issues of this series, and I would like that, if only to uh, to, story. to see the artwork. Uh, the story itself isn't bad, but it's kind of like I'm left off wondering what I'm going to think about it when I'm done with the whole story. I didn't I didn't get enough. In one issue, to feel like okay, this is good. Uh, I want to see where this story goes. It's more, wow, this is pretty. I want to see more of it. Uh, and but it's not, oh, this story is bad either. Excuse me, either. Mm-hmm. It's more or less like I'm not sure. I don't know what I think of the story. It's you know, it's 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 kind of just leading us up to kind of an interesting cliffhanger of sorts, but the, you know, the, the, the actual conflict of the story isn't really hit upon yet.
0: Right. Oh, uh, the story was written by Steve Niles. I'm sorry, I skipped over the, the indicia because I was just so enamored with the Bertie and art. Uh, written by Steve Niles, lettered by Robbie Robbins, and edited by Denton J. Tempton, or I. Tempton? It's kind of hard to tell with the script that they use on the inside cover. I, I do have to say that I would have to go back and look at other Bernie Wrightson drawings of Frankenstein <clears throat> but here he looks a lot like swamp thing. Like if you put hair on swamp thing and, <laughs> and 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 put him on a diet wouldn't he look like the Frankenstein monster here?
1: I think he looks a little more lank than uh, Well, like I said lengthy. put him on a diet.
0: Yeah. You know, basically put a wig on him and put him on Weight Watchers for a year, for like six months. But he's got more, uh, his I he he's got more expressions, I think, than Swamp Thing. Yeah. I mean, even when he's wiping the tomato from his head, he has such a look of resignation, like, "Eh, it's a life." <coughs> you know, getting getting fruit thrown at him from the locals. Yeah, I mean that's that's
1: that's kind of a cool moment when all of a sudden you see that he's kind of, you know, he's 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 fully sentient and you know kind of yeah. kind of <laughs> you know world weary almost.
0: Yep. Oh, well, you know what? This might be the twenties. I just noticed a line. It says when he's when it, he's talking to the guy about the crowd, and it says not a bad life either. The pay's decent, decent decent enough in times. Decent enough in these times of depression. So this could be the Great Depression. Okay. It says a home, a job, good food, three squares, as the tent raisers say. So Because one of the guy kids in the crowd does have like the newsboy, pageboy news cap on. And then there's a guy like in a suit and a tie. But that looks more like a forty suit and a tie. Although that woman could be like a flapper. She's got like a flat, you know, like a rounded hat on. I don't know maybe it is a depression era maybe this is or, the or
1: possibly what i wonder if maybe it's supposed to be kind of nebulous that you don't know
0: right right you know,
1: intentionally i don't know mm. but you know like i said I, th- I think i feel like the story is it, it's not very meaty just yet it's not that it's bad it's just, it, it,
0: it's a it's a lot quicker to read than the last one.
1: Like I said I, I just don't know where the conflict is going to lead us to at this point. So I'm curious as to where that's going to go. Uh, well, the only but,
0: conflict we have is like is like his inner monologue with his uh, creator who's not even there. Yeah, it's, it's almost like is he really haunting him or it's is it like just a demon conscience? of
1: his of his creator haunting him? Yeah.
0: His,
1: or, or you know, that's his his personal demon kind of thing. mm
0: mm-hmm. Mhm.
1: But, but I, I'm assuming when he wakes from this molten bath that he's taking, there's going to be some form of conflict coming up.
0: Well, the, um, when it says uh, next month, issue two, way at the bottom, the last page, he's basically all his hair is gone. I don't know if that's from the, like he comes out and like his hair is burned off from, from the molten mud or, or, or whatever. That's like the next to last page there. So I don't know if that's, you know, it's going to show like a physical change. Um, I think one of the best pictures in here is the close-up of him frozen in the ice. um, After he's looking at his face in the reflection of the water. And then it's, 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 because it's got that hint of blue around it and hint of color. Like for the ice. he's got, like, his eyes are half open through, you know, underneath the cracked ice. Did you find it? It's page, like, 15. Yes. I mean, that's really... (laughs) That's really good. Yeah. That is... That's... Just, just I mean, I, I don't know how, how, how he – did did he draw the original and put that over it? I think he like, had
1: to do something like that or, or just create the effect over it.
0: Cause or yeah, or did they just create – yeah, did they just digitally create the effect over it? Or it's just like, how was that done? I
1: don't know. I just don't get the feeling Bernie Wrightson did a lot of digital artwork.
0: True, true, yeah.
1: I, I, I don't know that he didn't, but I never got the impression that it was.
0: Hmm. See, I didn't think he... Well, I don't know how long this project was taken because I know I met him at a comic convention um, here in Tampa, and then he passed away soon after that. So, just looking for his... Uh, da, 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 da. Oh No, see, he died in 2017, but I don't know how... I haven't really gone into detail to see how long... This uh, this took because there's the you can buy it as a trade from IDW. It says available October 2018. So maybe they were working on this quite a while.
1: Maybe I, I my, my gut feeling is I would I would love to have the trade just for the artwork. Mm. Not that the story is bad. I have to keep qualifying that. But the story no, there's just almost not enough. seems oh. run of the mill to me so far, but the artwork is just knocking my socks off.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I'll, I'll make no bones about it; I'm giving the artwork an A plus.
0: <laughs> buy it digitally for nine ninety nine, or you can buy buy print for twenty four
1: ninety nine. Uh, maybe I'll, you know it's something I might keep an eye open for at New York Comic Con when I'm walking around and they have those uh, booths Standard where they have free. the. Uh, yeah. The trades for, you know, $5 trades and stuff like that, I may purposely try and look for this.
0: Well, Steve Niles did 30 Days of Night, which, uh, you know, that's one like the the vampires up, mm-hmm. in, up in Alaska or right. like the Arctic Circle. Uh, Victor Frankenstein's Cobbled Together Creature continues its adventures embarking on a journey to discover his own humanity. This collection includes the four-issue series, along with an extended gallery selection of never-before-seen layouts and pencils by Wrightson, all scanned from the original art. All scanned from the original art. Additional art is supplied in the final chapter. This is part I read earlier by Kelly Jones at Wrightson's request. So maybe they took a while on this. Like I don't know what, when the second issue came out. Oh, well, they did say next month, but maybe he had to take a break. Not sure.
1: See if I can find something on that.
0: You know, I didn't look Google on Mike's, but I don't know if Mike has IDW in oh, his. Let's uh,
1: do a quick Google search on it. Frankenstein.
0: Frankenberry. Live
1: IDW.
0: I'm looking on Mike's for Bernie. I'll I go see,
1: see things we, we kind of you can order them. I'm not seeing, uh, like, a a breakdown of it. You know, like you said, Amazon has it.
0: Yeah, I think that's what I found. I found, like, on IDW and on Amazon.
1: But I don't see, like, a Wikipedia page or something where they just, you know, where they'll give you the the breakdown of the uh, releases. They do have uh, covers, you know, in the Google search. Which actually, some of them look pretty cool. I don't know if yeah, Mike, I don't know if they're Mike's, variants or if there were, you know, how many issues there are.
0: Mike's doesn't have anything. Uh, let me try Frankenstein. Search. Riveting, riveting, folks.
1: <clears throat> oh well.
0: So <laughs> Frankenstein. <functionality> Frankenstein uh, So for it's worth I did see Johnny Johnny
1: and Edgar Winter In concert back like 35 years ago
0: and, and they did play Frankenstein <lingkea> We have a bridge here called uh, The Franklin But they call it the Frankenstein They,
1: uh, they opened for a Foreigner in concert Mm. Like I said, in, probably in the early '80s. Anyway, was he
0: was the opening band for Johnny Winter or et, or et, for the Winter Brothers? Was it um, Focus? And did they play Hocus Pocus? No. <laughs> you know that song, right? Yes. <laughs> or. Uh, What's another good one that's old like that? Uh, oh, who who is it? Who sings your love is like oxygen? Uh, sweet. Sweet, that's it. Your love is like oxygen. You get too much, you get too high. Not enough. I'm I, I very impressed with
1: myself that I got that.
0: <laughs> I thought it was sweet, but I was gonna say squeeze, but I'm like, no, I know it's not squeeze. Squeeze is black coffee in bed. Or, t- or
1: um, crawling from the, not crawling from the wreckage, uh, pulling muscles t- from the shell.
0: T- t- uh, Tempted by the Fruit of Another. Tempted, yes. That's one of my favorite their, songs. Their
1: Greatest Hits album
0: is awesome. <laughs> but we should
1: rate this book.
0: <laughs> uh, well, we know what we're going to rate this book.
1: Uh, I'm going I'm to give the cover an A. I'm going to give the e- interior e- art an A+. Plus. And I'm going to give the story a B because I feel it's a little complete. And I'm giving the book overall an A.
0: Just because you're wanting more. If you knew more of probably the rest of the story. Well, plus, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to give it an A because there's a lot of extra material. Well, you know what? The extra material is not part of the story, so technically I should not include it. There's a long interview thing between the uh, – there's like, well, this is just part one in which we explore how Wrightson first came in contact with the creation to which he would forever – would be forever linked, and it's Niles and Wrightson going back and forth for like one, two, three pages, and then Frankenstein or the Modern Prometheus by Mary, uh, Wollstonecraft, Wollstonecraft Godwin Shelley, and I believe it's letters she has written. She had written. So, hmm, interesting. Anyways, Yes, yes. That'll oh, do it for tonight. Yeah, that's right. So my rating, yeah, A AAA. A. Oh, and the cover is actually <clears throat> is a colorized version of um, the page before he's frozen in the ice. Did you catch that? No. Yeah. It's a blow-up of the, it's a circular blow-up of him looking in the water. Oh, but yeah, it's been col- right. But it's been colorized.
1: Oh, I did not realize that.
0: Yeah. Hmm. Yep. I like I like when we do some indies.
1: Yeah, we should do more of that.
0: I'm missing our Fearscape. For those of you who liked Fearscape. <laughs> I know I did. Yeah. It made me think. <laughs> anyway,
1: thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next week.
0: All right, and you know what? I bet you all have a book. All right, Maybe. I can't back that up. So. <laughs> no, I'm going to have a book. All right, bye-bye, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, which you may find at www.2truefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the 2 True Freaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Oh, mmm. Ah. Oh, this, the aroma that just hit me. Mm.